the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hey, everybody. i got a great story for you. Dennis Prager here. I did. My wife and I had dinner with uh, friends. Bruce Bielowski, who you may read at Town Hall, wonderful writer. He doesn't write for Town Hall. He doesn't write for Town Hall? Who does he write for? Uh, he has his own uh, website? Yeah, he, he's not on Town Hall. Uh, forgive me, yes. Yeah. Anyway, look him up. He, he Bruce Bielowski. So he, t- he told my wife and me, not my wife and I, because told gets the word me. He told my wife and me the following. Uh, he has a new neighbor. So he went over to say hello and, and greet him. And, of course, he introduced himself, and the man that introduced himself, I won't say his first name, but he gave his first and last name, first name, last name was Prager. Immediately, immediately adding, I'm not related to Dennis Prager. (laughs) that awesome? As in, I don't want to be associated. Yes, as in exactly, of course. As in, I I don't associate me with him. I I want to say, and this is not cute, I feel bad for the guy. I do. It's not the world's most common name. It's not, that's so uncommon. It's not no, I, it's not the most common. Right. It's not Adams, it's yeah. not Smith, it's not Jones, it's not McGuire. Nobody would think that. Mo- most people don't know a Prager. That's if they know a Prager, they know me. So it, it was it, it was had to be one of these great moments for Bruce and I I, I when he related it my wife and I cracked up. Yes, there's a lot of luck in life <laughs> that goes under that heading. <laughs> I'm going to tell Bruce, I have an idea. I'm going to tell Bruce that to tell the guy, he didn't tell the guy. He wants good relations with his neighbor. <laughs> he didn't say he's friends with me. <laughs> so I'm going to tell him that he could arrange time alone with me. Would he like that? <laughs> uh, you got to laugh at these things, my friends, because laughter... What was, remember that book, Laughter is the Best Medicine? Do you remember that? No. Take a look. I, You know the stuff you recall that you don't know why you recall? 
I think Norman Cousins wrote it. So take a look. Laughter is the best medicine. Or maybe it was, was, was it the name of the column in Reader's Digest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't, wasn't it from Anatomy of an Illness that... Uh, Anatomy, who wrote Anatomy of an Illness? Norman Cousins? Yes, Norman Cousins was you know, one of these public intellectuals. He was a liberal, but he was a liberal. He wasn't a leftist. It is the Reader's Digest was laughter really the be- laughter colon really the best medicine. Yeah, that's what's just okay, so that was pretty close. Yeah. So there is a there was a race in Missouri yesterday. It was election day in many places, and there was a an election to for the Republican nominee because Roy Blunt is retiring. So it has been a Republican seat, Senate seat in Missouri, and one of the Republicans running for it was Eric Reitens, who was the former governor of Missouri. I have met Eric Reitens, but that's not really important to what I'm about to say, just full disclosure. And he was railroaded out of the governorship on charges that turned out to to largely be uh, be false uh, by a corrupt district attorney in in, uh, in St. Louis. And you know that's a very rare thing, as we know, corrupt district attorneys. So. That hounded him out of office. It had to do with an affair that he had. Most uh, most politicians survive a, a, an affair. And then more charges very, very recently by his ex-wife that he had once hit the child, uh, their child, and once hit her, I think. Why these charges were not made until about a week before the I think that was when they were made. The primary election is an open question. The Republican establishment wanted him out, and the Democrats hate him. He was he has been a, a truly rising star. He is a uh, what was he Navy SEAL? Was that what he was? And, and a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah. It's a rare combination: Navy SEAL and Rhodes Scholar conservative, very good-looking, very articulate, and what's upsetting is the the ability to manufacture scandals, then report that he has scandals. The, the, the Republicans, and, and including the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal had a, a piece on him very recently. Let me see if I could find it. I don't think I can. Oh, wait, there's a chance. I did. Here we go. On uh, July 30th, well, that's a couple of days ago, Wall Street Journal, Eric Reitens tries to win over Missouri's GOP voters after scandals. But what scandals? Reported scandals. Alleged scandals. Yeah. 
it, uh, it it's a very uh, bad omen. When a person of obvious talents, well, anybody, when anybody could be hounded out of office through false allegations, whenever I, I read article after article about him and noted he was accused of, he was accused of, he was accused of, he was accused of. But nothing's ever been established. And I've never found an affair or disqualification for office. One of my books is a book of 44 essays on 44 subjects, Think a Second Time. It's a wonderful introduction to my thoughts on a whole host of subjects. It's called Think a Second Time. One of the essays, of the, one of the 44 essays, is Politicians and Adultery. It's a long time ago that I wrote that it doesn't disqualify you. Didn't disqualify King David in God's eyes, for those of you who are religious. And he didn't just commit adultery. He, had, uh, he arranged for the man to, to be killed, the husband. That that's a toughie. That's bad. It's an interesting question, not for now, but as I think about religious things constantly and write about them a lot. Is sexual sin the same as all other sins? And I think that there are gradations of sin. I think it's clear that there are. Some things warrant the death penalty, other things warrant a fine. Clearly, God doesn't think all crimes or all sins are equal. Because, and you're ready for a heretical thought, God has common sense. One of the great uh, important things for us to remember, God does not view stealing a pencil from the office the same as murder. Anyway, the the Republicans and Democrats did not want this man of great talent and promise. I wish uh, I wish him well, Eric Reitens. Yes, indeed. Why did Nancy Pelosi go to Taiwan? Does anybody know? Talk to you about that when we return. One eight Prager seven seven six. The Dennis Prager Show. Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out of control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS fines. Nick Grovit 
Rich, man I completely trust, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion, has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call Amfed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. Okay. Dayton, Washington. Tom, hello. Sean, are we okay on the phones? Can you hear me? I can now. Thank you. Hey, um, I don't mean to advertise for somebody else, but I also listen to Dana Lash after I finish listening to you every day. She's originally from Missouri, knows the Eric Greitens story inside and out. I wish you would talk to her again. I know you've interviewed her uh, after she's written a book recently, and um, I just don't think you have the whole story. Uh, do, do you know what I'm missing? Uh, I'm not challenging yeah, you. I'm just curious. It. Some of it. I know, one, he was... He was uh, basically playing both sides, Democrat and Republican, before he finally declared uh, Republican run for governorship because he had to wait in line on the Democrat side. He's not real strong on the Second Amendment. Um, Eric Smith is a lot better conservative candidate. Greitens has misrepresented kind of his dealings with, uh, and it is true, corrupt district attorney, um, but my understanding is that I believe the Senate was also looking into charges, and they came to the conclusion that it was worthy of impeachment. So Greitens cut a deal, and then he's misrepresented it, saying that he was actually exonerated when he wasn't. So, All right. Look, I, 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 look, I thank you. I don't know what to say. I do not claim expertise about Eric Greitens. I do claim a fair amount of knowledge. The man seems to me to have been railroaded out of office when he was governor, and Republicans and Democrats feared him for reasons I'm not quite certain of. So it is what it is, and, and uh, I, I can only say that you don't have a an articulate, young, very bright, good-looking Navy SEAL road Scholar run every day. I think, it's, I think there's a loss there, and it is what it is. Politics is a very, very awful thing in, in many occasions, on many occasions. Larry Elder, when running for governor in the Newsom recall, was smeared so spectacularly by the media, the most infamous of many infamous examples, Erica D. Smith, who, if one could morally judge a human from what they write, is, is not an impressive human being, said that Larry uh, was the black face of white supremacy is politics filthier today than it was 50 years ago? I don't know. The the use... Let me put it to you this way. 
when a man is falsely charged by a district attorney, whatever his flaws, not whatever, but he has to have really, really, really great flaws for me not to vote for him. Otherwise, I vindicate the use of the government to suppress dissent. That, to me, is a great threat. The Democrats use government to suppress dissent. Most Democrats in office, if they could emulate the Communist Party of the Soviet Union in terms of suppression of liberty, would do so in a nanosecond. With the exception of the Gulag, which is a very big exception, I acknowledge, there's very little difference between the Communist parties of Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union during the Cold War and what the Democratic Party would do today. They would use states of emergency. Do you realize that California, Illinois, and New York are now under states of emergency because of monkeypox? Monkeypox? Has anyone died of monkeypox? Also, it is confined, and this is from the Washington Post, from a a, a man who works with LGBTQ or works on their issues at the Washington Post. 96% of those who got monkeypox in the United States were men who had intimate relations with other men, so either gay or bisexual men. How many, how many people know that? Five deaths worldwide? Yeah, they're all in Africa. And they're all in Africa. How many people, look up, Sean, how many people die a year from hippopotamuses in Africa? I'm not kidding. Remember we were told that? Remember that in Africa? Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Yeah. The... the Okay, so folks, I, I hit I hit a bullseye here. Five people in Africa have died of monkeypox, and I'm now going to give you the number of Africans who die each year as a result of hippopotamuses drowning them or biting them or crushing them. 3,000. 3,000. What is that, 600 times more? For every monkeypox death, 600 Africans are dying from hippopotamuses. I think, by the way, in in light of that, I know we don't have hippopotamuses outside of zoos in America, but I think that if Hochul or Newsom or Pritzker were, were informed of that, they would declare a state of emergency if they could because of hippopotamus deaths. It should be abolished. The right to have a state of emergency should be abolished. We did not raise a generation to fear a powerful state. That is one of the horrors of our age in America. The increasing belief that the state should be bigger and bigger. Now more billions to IRS. How many agents? 87,000 agents? New agents. New agents. Yeah. That'll solve inflation. That'll solve our budgetary problems. It's venal what this government is doing. 
Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Everybody has fears, and, and that is sometimes it is completely appropriate. It's a mechanism that, however, should be governed by our faculty of reason. I do not fear existential extinction of biological life or human life because of climate change, for example. It is one of the great hysterias of our time, and if the press says it enough, the majority of people buy it. I'll tell you, by the way, I'll get back to the fear issue, things that I do fear. A real uh, moment for me, an epiphany moment, tell me, Mr. Living Martyr, if you have a similar or had a similar reaction. It was a piece I think you sent me on lithium batteries, how they're made. Do do people know the, the amount of precious... Rare earth. Rare earth, that's it. Rare earth materials and that they're located overwhelmingly in China? No. They're not? We have a PragerU video. I know we have a PragerU video on it. So why did you say no to? No, people don't know. Oh, no. No, people don't know. Yeah, people should watch that video. What's it titled? Electric cars, something about electric cars. The amount of energy needed to make them, plus the rare earth metals, plus the slave labor used, plus to to be in the grip of China. Why would people want to support the, the, and this brings me back to the fear issue, the most frightening government in the world uh, is probably the Chinese. Now, in terms of sheer quantity of proportional evil, the North Korean government is the worst. But at this point, no, People don't fear it. The combination of Chinese nationalism, nuclear weapons, hatred of freedom, hatred, all all tyrannies hate free countries. The existence of a tiny, tiny island called Hong Kong, part of it was not an island, it was a peninsula, the existence of a free Hong Kong, though, though infinitesimally small geographically and population-wise, was an offense to gigantic China. We don't want any free Chinese people on Earth. 
That is the position of, of the vile, dangerous, evil. Vile and evil have the same letters. Chinese government. By the way, the existence of freedom is an offense to all leftists. All! There was no exception. If, it were, if there were an exception, they'd be a liberal. By definition, people left of center who welcome freedom, who are not threatened by it, are liberals. It's the great dividing line between left and liberal. Free speech. The, the greatest of freedoms. I fear the Chinese government. Bad, very bad institution. Communism is evil, and if you can't say that, your moral compass is broken. There's really nothing left to talk about. If you can't say Nazism and communism are evil, there's something deeply, deeply wrong with your moral compass. Indeed, you may not even have one. People pick on America, systemically racist. There's very often a confluence, not always, of loathing of America and non-loathing of communism. That's a real sick person. America's bad, communism isn't. That's up there with men menstruate. We are told to believe the opposite of moral truth and factual truth on a daily basis. Chances are good that's what your kid is learning in college. The odds are increasing that that's what they're learning in high school and elementary school. Yes. It truly is amazing that every generation presents another evil to be fought. I have a solution, by the way. I do. It works. A world that believes in the moral God who gave the Ten Commandments. Not, not tough. She in China doesn't believe that. Dennis Prager here. I might add that there was good news. An example yesterday. One example is the uh, Blake Masters win in Arizona. I have met him extensively. Spent hours with him. He's very impressive. So I have a lot of Arizona listeners be a very important seat to pick up. I'm still, I'm still actually not clear as to why Arizona would tend to vote for a Democratic senator. I'd love to know from random 100 Democrat voters, why do you vote Democrat? Would that that would I, I would like that. I think we should uh, do a man on the street thing like that. Why do you vote for the Democrats? So, what do you think people would say? I think there would be two answers. Because the Republicans are awful, 
and because they care about the little guy. They don't say that anymore, little guy? No. I I think the issues are, it depends on the generation. Depends on the generation. So a 40-year-old. Yeah. Let's take a 40-year-old. Abortion. uh, uh, Abortion? Environment. Environment? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Same-sex marriage. Same-sex marriage, right. So these gigantic social issues are the reason. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. But but I I don't believe that because I mean I do believe that excuse me I believe that among uh, whites why does a Hispanic I don't think Hispanics are freaked out by global warming so I I, I would like to know and by the way the question is legit because Hispanics are moving to the Republican Party they're hated by Republicans yes right. They're hated by the people who give them jobs and better schools. God, to vote for Democrat in, in California, given the decimation of this state. Well, it is what it is. We have to fight it, though. Why I support reform prosecutors, George Soros. Incidentally, guess where it was published, my friends? George Soros. One of the most venal forces in the world, a man who only does bad, and guess where uh, he this piece was published? Wall Street Journal. How many pieces in the New York Times are written or published by people as right wing as Soros's left wing? Zero. Can you think of one? Oh, there's a beauty. Did you see the series of articles by columnists, Mistakes I Regret, What I Got Wrong? So, uh, Paul Krugman, who's as close to always wrong as you can get writing in the English language. Mm. Did, Tom Friedman uh, comes to I, I, No, Tom Friedman will occasionally... Hit a single. Okay. Paul Krugman strikes out. The so Krugman, by the way, it was the most convoluted piece. Well, I didn't think there would be inflation with all the spending, but I was right. But I was wrong. That's what his piece was. Doesn't matter. The one that interested me was Brett Stephens. Said he deeply regrets. Uh, his statement that if you supported Donald Trump, you were awful, and some something to that effect. Uh, I'll, I'll comment on that later. But anyway, the Wall Street Journal published George Soros. So George Soros has been spending a lot of money to get people who support crime into violent crime, into the district attorney seats, Philadelphia, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles. I I don't know of the others. Maybe there aren't. So I'm going to read to you what what he said. 
We spend $81 billion a year keeping around 2 million people in prisons and jails. We need to invest more in preventing crime with strategies that work. Deploying mental health professionals in crisis situations, investing in youth job programs, and creating opportunities for education behind bars. This reduces the likelihood that those prisoners will commit new crimes after release. When I, when I read this piece for the first time in, in, in decades of observing George Soros, I actually thought if he wrote it, he's not bright. I've always thought he was bright, just evil. But if he wrote this, he's not bright. It's a series of non sequiturs. Let's go through this. We need to invest more in preventing crime. But the end of the sentence, two sentences later, this is, reduces the likelihood that those prisoners will commit new crimes. What is it? Wait a minute. We're not talking about prisoners committing new crimes. We're talking about people committing crimes and not being jailed. The subject is different. And anyway, let's go through the, the, what he thinks is more important than police. Deploying mental health professionals in crisis situations. What does that mean? People go into stores and, and, and steal the, the stores deaf, dumb, and blind. Every individual $950, is, and, it's, and it's not a felony. What will a mental health professional do? Oh, I have more, believe me. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Yes, yes, yes. Go on, go on. Hey, everybody. Dennis Prager here with many people's favorite hour of my show, the male-female hour. I believe it's the most honest talk about men and women. Today will be an example, by the way. And in light of the subject, maybe pre-adolescence should be reading Otto's Tales rather than listening to this particular hour you will determine it's honest stuff talk about men and women there's no aspect of male female relations or males and females that i i avoid most people talking about it do avoid because they are afraid of how it will be received by some people etc i don't uh, worry about that I just care about talking the truth. Truth is very, very difficult for people 
many people, not all by any means, to face because truths are often unpleasant. Today is an unpleasant truth. I'm going to share with you an unpleasant truth about male nature. As I have known for almost all of my life, not all of it by any means, the ignorance of male sexual nature on the part of women is nearly universal until they learn about it. It's not at all their fault. It's it's like asking me to understand pigeons. That is how removed male sexual nature is from female sexual nature. Is as removed as pigeon nature from human nature. So it's not at all women's fault that they don't understand male sexual nature. It is their fault as they grow older and don't want to know it that it doesn't help you to live in ignorance either sex female sexual nature is not as foreign to men as male sexual nature is to women so I bring this up in light of a comment made by a man for whom I have as much respect as many of you have for me. Just being open, I know many of you respect me. I have worked a lifetime to earn that respect. That is how I feel about Jordan Peterson, who is a very special person, and I just spent eight days with him and many hours a day as we we and five others recorded or six others recorded hours a day going through the book of Exodus it was an honor for me to be one of them and then we had time with uh, with Jordan Peterson if you don't know about Jordan Peterson it's so easy to look him up and you will see what watch any YouTube video of him and you will see a remarkable human being. He will be uh, at a PragerU event. Where will that event be? Here. Oh, here in Southern California. You can get the tickets at the PragerU.com. Are tickets still available? It's November. I know it's November. <laughs> Has it been announced? No. Oh, so you can, yeah. You can see uh, uh, Jordan Peterson and me in dialogue. Watch the first dialogue we did together. It's up on YouTube. It's, it, uh, it actually affected my life. That doesn't happen much. So Jordan Peterson is a professor of psychology. By the way, did you know that he taught at Harvard? Yeah, sure. I did not know that till last week. And then, uh, of course... University of Toronto, and he eventually left because of its wokeness. Jordan Peterson is an international phenomenon. He told me he is headed shortly to Albania. It is very rare, as my dear friend, my producer, can testify. I am, thank God, a very unenvious nature. 
I envy the fact that he's going to Albany at a lecture. <laughs> I have, I've been to Albania, but I've, I've not lectured there. lectured in Romania and in Hungary and Czech Republic, but not there. And I, I would love that. Anyway, I'm very happy he is. I hope, I, I hope he lectures everywhere. So, a very interesting topic that arose and fascinates Jordan Peterson, who started out life quite secular and is now clearly entranced by the Judeo-Christian worldview. And when, with such a luminous mind on your side, it's a big, big advantage. And he's fascinated by the subject of sacrifice. You are too, and I am too, and it actually was helpful to me because the greatest challenge of my commentary on the first five books of the Bible, called The Rational Bible, by the way, you can pre-order Deuteronomy, Genesis and Exodus are out, you can pre-order Deuteronomy at the Amazon and receive it as soon as it comes out in October. I'm going to have a big event at the Museum of the Bible to inaugurate its publication. So it's always been a challenge. What will I do with Leviticus, which has so much about sacrifice? So we we talked on, on a number of occasions in the seminars for the Daily Wire. And I'll let you know when the Daily Wire puts them up. And... The challenge will be Leviticus. Leviticus has a lot about sacrifice. So he may he gave, he speaks quickly, he has a, an immense body of knowledge, immense, and said the following throwaway line, and I debated whether to react, but it was the final day, there was a need to get through a certain number of verses to complete a chapter. We got through chapter 20. So there will be a second series of sessions in a few months, or actually in half a year. And he said as follows, talking about sacrifice. Well, you know, men sacrifice women when they get married. They sacrifice their desire for many women. And then just moved on. It, it was a one-line throwaway. I, I don't know if I have the exact wording, but that's what he said. Sacrifice uh, themselves. They sacrifice themselves. They sacrifice their desire for, for more women when they are faithful husbands. Nobody would say women sacrifice their desire for multiple men when they stay faithful to their husband. Unless their husband is a jerk, then, then they sacrifice the desire for one man. It's like, uh, I once, I heard many years ago, men love women, and women love a man. It's a good way of, of, of putting it. It's not original to me. This is so foreign to the vast majority of women and their sexual nature 
that they they find it hard to to imagine that it's true but it's true and it is a very important thing to understand the other sex that's the subject of today's male female hour you can call 18 prager 776 Hi, everybody. 1-8 Prager 776. It's a very difficult subject to approach. People don't like to talk about it. They don't like to talk about truths. But... Male sexual nature needs to be understood. You will understand your man better. The chances are a hundred to one. He won't tell you what I'm telling you. In, in a certain way, most men are afraid of their wives. That's news too. But it's true. Men who will go into combat, risk their lives. Men who will fight off attackers in a home. Virile, masculine, tough men are afraid of talking to their wives about their nature. High-powered corporate executives. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a very bad thing, by the way, and it's up to the wife to say, honey, I want to, I want to understand you, even if it's difficult for me to understand or it's difficult for me to hear. I want to know you better. Or as I have put it frequently, I, Dennis, am two beings. I am a male and I am a man. And they're in conflict. And I've known that since I was a child because I wasn't raised in the naive secular world of other kids. Religious kids are much less naive. So boys and girls were taught early about men and the need for men to control their nature. Women have to control their nature, but it's not their sexual nature primarily that's the issue for women. It's their emotional nature. Nobody talks about that either. You know what? I think we need to do an hour on men af- afraid of their wives. That's a, that's really a big deal. If you're married to a man who engages in abuse, you're afraid of your husband. But otherwise, women are not afraid of their husbands. But uh, men are afraid of their wives. Not all by any means. Most. They're not going to talk to their wife about their sexual nature. 1 8 Prager 776 877 243 This is a toughie today. That's why it's important that you call. Maybe you even disagree. Has your husband talked to you about his sexual nature? About his maleness? Specifically, the one that Jordan Peterson mentioned about men's desire for many women. That's the way we're made. Period.
All right. One eight Prager seven seven six. Male sexual nature. What prompted this was a statement by Jordan Peterson, whom I suspect leads a monogamous life. Under honorable men, there's a picture of Jordan Peterson. What I am, what I am talking to you about is not to excuse infidelity on the part of a man. It is to celebrate men who are faithful. Each sex has its own battles. Okay, let's see. Warren, Oregon. You're an Oregon uh, knower. You ever hear of Warren? It's a suburb of Portland. Suburb, is that a suburb of Portland, Stephen? Uh, kind of. That's about 20 miles uh North, south, uh, west of Portland. We're right between Scappoose and St. Helens. That's a help. That is really a help. Say that again. I want to remember that. It's it's halfway between what? It's halfway between Scappoose and St. Helens, Oregon. There you go. It's halfway between Scappoose and St. Helens. (laughs) Sean, I want you to keep that. That's a Hall of Fame (laughs) moment on my show. Well, I'm glad to hear. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yes, absolutely. It is very rare. <laughs> I love when people do that. <laughs> Scafoos, I got I definitely that, that hit home when you said that. <laughs> All right, what's on your mind? Hey, so I kind of guess I, you know, I like the show. I like listening to you. I think you have some great comments on a lot of things. I'm happy to take part in it, but I kind of disagree with what you say, being a believer of the Bible and of the Creator God, because you say that it's man's nature to be unfaithful and looking for other women. When God created man, He gave He gave her gave him Eve and said, "Be one." Now, basically, if you're if what you're saying is true, then He's saying, and also I want you to fight this when you start having daughters, that you're going to want to have sex with them. Every law in the Bible from from the one you mentioned to do not murder is given by the same God who who understands that we need laws, otherwise we will act in the way the law prevents. That murder is natural, stealing is natural, infidelity is natural. Religious people should be the first to acknowledge what I say is true. No, and I understand that. And I, but I think that when God gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, he, it was more of a codification of a law that was embedded into mankind from the beginning. They yeah, but uh, right. and what happened? Everybody violated it, and he destroyed the world except for Noah. Right. No, exactly. But I, I believe that the adultery, in thou shalt not commit adultery, would pertain more to the adulterous actions we have towards our creator in the original... Oh, no, oh, it's about going after someone you're not married to when you're married. Back in a moment. Hi, everybody. Welcome back, or welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. 
billions more to the IRS to hire 87,000 agents. There's a very good chance that any of you in the middle class will be contacted by the IRS, and it won't be like it was often in the past, where they would look at your stuff and absolve you. That happened to me. I was audited many years ago. I was audited twice, I think. And there was no... It was just left... I had... I was... I don't know, was exonerated? I don't know what the word is. Anyway, they didn't didn't find anything problematic. But I think that now, to justify their being hired, 87,000 people are not going to be the... Let me let me find out the truth types as much as let me find out what you did wrong, which is unbelievably easy to do. Well, you know, you had that lunch. Can you prove you talked business at that lunch? Who was the lunch with? Like you remember. I don't think they're going after uh, or, or after Jeff Bezos. constant expansion of government is the end of liberty. The bigger the government, the less liberty. Period. End of issue. But liberty is not a left-wing value. That truth isn't. When people awaken to the fact that the left has different values than they do, they, they don't vote Democrat anymore. But liberals are unwilling to look at that, and so they keep supporting the people who hate liberalism. Not conservatives, but leftists. That's a summation in a nutshell of our present situation. I started to read to you an article written by George Soros, one of the truly evil people of the Western world, a man who literally only knows how to destroy. And uh, he's a big friend, of course, of the World Economic Forum, which I read to you the other day, now advocates that we don't own cars that we share cars, because it uses a lot of metal. As they all fly to their conferences in private planes. That's all right. Gavin Newsom is looked to by Democrats as a savior. The man with his mask mandates in California, and then goes to a restaurant and doesn't wear a mask. It's not that he's a hypocrite. It's hypocrisy is somewhat of, of a uh, endemic to the human condition. This is beyond that. It is contempt for the public. My rules don't apply to me. They apply to you. It also shows that in, in, the, tr- in the deepest recesses of their minds, they didn't believe the lies they told you about masks being effective. Before I get back to Soros, let me talk to you about a little more about masks. I hate these masks. I don't dislike them. I hate them. The The price paid. I sat next to a woman. I flew back from Miami on Sunday night. Miami, Los Angeles is, is about five hours. And the woman, to the best of my ability to ascertain, I would say was about 25 years old. I always say a few words to the person I sit next to. It, it just makes the flight pleasanter 
that two humans have interrelated for some moments. We said nothing to each other. Nothing. I don't talk to masked people because I'm not talking to a person. And neither are you. I bet you that there is much less talk. It's a very simple thing. I wish somebody would, would uh, make a serious study on this. How much do unmasked people talk on an airplane? And how much does a masked and an unmasked person talk? I have nothing to say to you if you wear a mask because I don't see you. That's the human condition. We talk to people we can see unless we're blind. And I don't know how often blind people strike up conversations with strangers. I don't know. No, I have a lot of blind listeners because this is the auditory and they can hear. Go through airports and see young people wearing masks. It is scary to me. I want you to know it scares me. If old people wear a mask, doesn't scare me. Feel bad for them. They're really frightened. X, Y, Z reasons. But young people in masks? Families masked? Oh, it's painful. Epic Times, July 19th. Didn't read it to you. New study adds to growing body of evidence suggesting mask mandates are ineffective. A new study published this month revealed COVID-19 mask mandates in schools have little to no effect. Researchers at the University of Southern California and UC Davis said in a preprint study published on Research Square, quote, our findings contribute to a growing body of literature which suggests school-based Mask mandates have limited to no impact on the case rates of COVID-19 among K-12 students. We observed no significant difference between student case rates while the districts had differing masking policies, two districts in Fargo, North Dakota. Researchers in Toronto and California replicated a 2021 CDC Study of Counties in Arizona, published in The Lancet, which is a very prestigious science journal, expanded the number of data points and extended the time period, discovered that cases quickly declined in the weeks after the CDC cut off its study and decreased more quickly in the counties that didn't have mask mandates. Quote, school districts that choose to mandate masks are likely to be systemically different from those that do not in multiple, often unobserved ways. We fail to establish a relationship between school masking and pediatric cases. Hmm. It was known long before COVID-19 that face masks don't do anything. Former Pfizer VP Michael Yeadon, a toxicologist and allergy research specialist, told the Epic Times in May. Many don't know that blue medical masks aren't filters. Your inspired and expired air moves in and out between the mask and your face. They are splash guards, not viral guards. Splash guards. That's why surgeons use them, because of splashes. 
upward from the body, downward from his face, or her face, or Z's face. Yeah. Now, it's an interesting question. If I were to tweet that out, I don't tweet almost ever, I think unfortunately, but it is what it is. If I were to tweet that out, I wonder if it would be removed as misinformation, even though you're citing studies. Yes. You want to talk to somebody wearing a mask? I don't. Let's get back to uh, George Soros's piece defending his funding of prosecutors who do uh, who hurt society. George Soros is one of the few people in our country who can say that he has directly led to murders. Very few people can say that. George Soros has increased murders and rapes and burglaries in America. How many people can say that? Very few. Yeah. If he wrote this piece and it wasn't an assistant, there's an added problem. It, the whole thing's an intellectual fraud. I read to you, it's word salad. It's, it, it's jumbled words. His defense of his policy I also noted that the Wall Street Journal published it. When was the when has the New York Times published someone as far right as Soros is far left? I can't think of a single instance. Remember they published Senator Tom Cotton and they fired the head of the editorial page for doing so. George Soros writes this piece. This agenda aiming at both safety and justice is based on both common sense and evidence. It's popular. It's effective. The goal is not defunding the police. Okay, that's, that's a lie. Did he come out against defund the police once when it was popular? God, is he? Look, he's a leftist, so he's not honest. It's just the way it works. Truth is not a left-wing value. When leftists write or speak, they don't. there's no voice in them. It's not true for liberals, not true for conservatives. But for leftists, there's no voice in them saying, is what I'm saying true? No. What the voice in them is, is what I'm saying effective for our great agenda, equity, as they fly around in their planes. Some politicians and pundits have tried to blame recent spikes in crime on the policies of reform-minded prosecutors. Isn't that bizarre? People might think that in Philadelphia and New York, San Francisco and Los Angeles. Does Chicago have uh, one of these prosecutors too in Chicago? Yeah. The research I've seen says otherwise. He doesn't cite a single piece of research in the piece. This piece is so... I'm thrilled the Wall Street Journal published it. If you didn't have contempt for George Soros, you you will now. I have had contempt for him 
I wrote a piece about him like 15 years ago. You could take a look. It's on the internet. Before it became a household name. Now I realize he's, he's, he's not only venal, he's dishonest and maybe not too bright. If he wrote this, he's not too bright. The most rigorous academic study analyzing data across 35 jurisdictions, I don't know what, what that is, shows no connection between the election of reform-minded prosecutors and local crime rates. Is that great? This is the ultimate gaslighting. You think that not prosecuting people who steal $950 worth or letting them out after they have shot somebody, letting them out on, uh, on no bail or minimal bail, you think that's related to increased crime? Oh, my God, what's wrong with you? No connection between the election of reform-minded prosecutors and local crime rates. In fact, violent crime in recent years has generally been increasing more quickly in jurisdictions without reform-minded prosecutors. Really? Does he give? He doesn't give one example. Really? Yeah, I want you to know, you in Bismarck, North Dakota, you don't have a Soros uh, d- DA? You don't have a Soros prosecutor? <laughs> You've got really skyrocketing crime. Now, I love this line. Murder rates have been rising fastest in some Republican states led by tough-on-crime politicians. That's such a dishonest line of the left. They do the state. Because a lot of Republican states, their giant cities are run by Democrats. Tell me Republican-run cities where murder rates are increasing, Soros. Serious scholars researching causes behind the recent increases in crime have pointed to other factors. A disturbing rise in mental illness among young people due to the isolation imposed by COVID lockdowns. That I agree with. Did he ever speak against lockdowns while they were happening? Is a typical leftist. They condemn when it's okay to, not while it's happening. A pullback in policing in the wake of public criminal justice reform protests. Oh, a pullback in policing. Oh, George Soros is for more policing? Hmm. That's interesting. Why doesn't he give some funds to, uh, to the police unions or the police departments? And increases in gun trafficking. Many of the same people who call for more punitive criminal justice policies also support looser gun laws. That's called a non sequitur. Yeah, no, no, I'll tell you another thing. Do you know many of the same people who call for more punitive criminal justice policies are vegetarian? What do you say to that? It's a devastating correlation. This is why I have supported the election and more recently the re-election of prosecutors who support reform. I have done it transparently and I have no intention of stopping. The funds I provide enable sensible reform-minded candidates to receive a hearing from the public. Judging by the results, the public likes what it's hearing. If he believes what he wrote, he's, 
he lives in such isolation that it's it's truly frightening. So it's back to my age-old question, do leftists believe their lies? I think most do. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. His reform-minded prosecutors make us safer. So more, so a violent crime should be decreasing in the jurisdictions run by his picks for DA, but it's increasing. He hasn't, he didn't deal with that in the silly piece. Yeah. One eight Prager seven seven six. Yes. This is the world in which we live, my dear friends. You know my motto, Germany is always wrong. (laughs) Even the New York Times had a piece about Germany and Ukraine back in a moment. Vince Scully passed away. To those of you who don't know who he is, he's the greatest broadcaster in baseball history. I think everybody would acknowledge that. It's very rare that everybody would say the same thing about the best. Not the only great, but the best. Vince Scully's career spanned, what, at half a century at least. Broadcasting every day. It was an astonishing feat. Began with the Brooklyn Dodgers and ended, of course, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He broadcast for 67 years. Same voice, too, by the way. You hear the voice, you immediately knew it was Vin Scully. It's not Vince, by the way. It's Vin, V-I-N, Scully, S-C-U-L-L-Y. So here's a thought about Vin Scully in America. In no order of importance, when I would hear Vin Scully, I had a, an inner peace take over. I was entering a wholesome place. I was entering a completely depoliticized place, which is the point of sports, until the left ruined that, because the left ruins everything it touches. It is a destruction machine. It is nothing more than that. Vince Gully embodied the best of what sports can do. Unite people. Nobody give a damn at the ballpark who you voted for, what your race was. That all changed in the last few years as the left has ruined everything in sports. Putting BLM on the pitcher's mound. A hate group. It's nothing more than a fraudulent hate group. But they're cowards who run baseball, just like there are cowards who run colleges. Vince Scully, does anybody know his politics? You know his politics? Nope. Nope. Vince Scully had a holy mission, and that was to bring people together to enjoy a baseball game. That was his holy mission. It's not how sports writers think today. 
their holy mission is to change the name of the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland Guardians. An act of unbelievable stupidity. Attendance is way down. It should be zero. Rest in peace, Vince Gully. You were an American treasure. A unique one at that. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.